Well, good evening and welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Mill Jones. I want to thank you for joining us tonight for this, this word tonight that's going to go forth that I know that will ultimately change your life forever. Welcome again to Ignite Depot. My name is Milt Jones. I'm the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot, a.k.a. We Are ID3. So I know you're really excited about the word. I know the word's going to come forth and it's going to bless your life. So we're going to jump right into it tonight in Jesus' name. Now, before we get started, we always make our declaration in accordance with Isaiah 61 to 1. And it says this. It says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open up the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. He says, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that he might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified, and they shall build the old ways, and they shall raise the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father God in heaven, to you alone we give all the glory, the honor, and praise that is due your name. Father, we thank you that this is the day which you have made. We will rejoice, and we will be exceedingly glad. Our Father, which art in heaven, holy is your name. Father, your kingdom come and your will be done tonight in earth, just like it is in heaven. Father, as I prepare to minister your word tonight, let my teaching and preaching not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be a demonstration of spirit and power that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the most high God. Holy Spirit, I covenant with you to move up and down each and every aisle, touch each and every person across these airways, touch each and every person who's watching, each and every person who's listening. I pray that burdens will be removed and yokes will be destroyed, that you will be set free, made whole, and complete as a result of the word that will go forth tonight. Father, I thank you for the miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. You are welcome in this place. We give you covenant, we give you glory, and we give you honor and praise for it right now. In Jesus' name, let us all say amen. Now, and again, my name is Milt Jones. I'm the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot, and I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Now, what we're going to do, if, if I was to give this message the title, the title of this message would be Practical Points of Prayer, Part 3. Practical Points of Prayer, Part 3. Now, I want to share this with you because I want to make this also in, in connection with our uh, daily, our confession that we make each time that we preach the word or minister the word. Now, we'll, we make that declaration. I make that declaration regardless of whether I'm in a small group, whether I'm a guest speaker at someone else's church, whether I'm, I'm uh, wherever I am, before I ever share the word, I always make that declaration because what it does, it tells people what it is that you can expect. If you come to hear the word, you can expect the, the broken hearted to be set, you know, to be set free. You can actually see have the, uh, the those who are captive to find liberty. Those who are bound up will find freedom. And those who who need to be comforted shall be comforted as a result of the word of God that is in our mouth. The other part of it is he gave me this this week. He says this is something else he wants me to announce each time that we minister the word. He says in accordance to Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 21. I'm reading out of Amplified. It says this. It says the lips of the uncompromisingly righteous feeds and guides many. He says the lips of the uncompromisingly righteous 
feed and guide many. He says, but fools die for want of understanding of heart. Now he's, I looked up that word. What is the word un uncompromised? What does it mean to be uncompromising? That means that you're not making or accepting a compromise. You're not making concessions. You're inflexible. You're unyielding. It means that when we teach the word of God, when we bring God's word to you each and every week, whether through a, a, a meeting or, or a service or through our podcast at Ignite to Life uh, podcast, our Fresh Steps for You podcast, every time we bring forth the word of God, we're, we're going to be uncompromisingly about it. In other words, we won't compromise the word to go along to get along because the word compromise actually means that you that you become an, uh, an agreement or an, a settlement of a dispute that is reached by each party side making concessions. And that word concession means that, you know, you, you're or it's something or giving, a, giving up or often in order to end a disagreement, an act of allowing or giving something up. In other words, you you might water down the word or you might back off the word of God or that's not really what, what it meant and that's not what I meant, it really meant to say. We're going to speak the word of God only in season, out of season, whether popular, unpopular, we're going to preach the word of God. Now, some people may get upset about that, whatever the case may be, but you know, I, I, Jesus was the one who shared this with me years ago. He says, son, you are always one message away from everybody following you or you're one message away from everybody leaving you. Now, of course, you know, I had to ask him, give me an example when that happened. And he says, it's easy. Go to John chapter six. He says, I preach one message about the about the, my blood and the body and people. He says, many people got they got offended and they followed him no more. One message. Who can be a better teacher than Jesus? Nobody. Who's a better pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, or teacher than Jesus? A better leader than Jesus. He is our example. And if he ministered the word, and he's ministered to the word not to try to offend people, but he's trying to minister the word to, to that they may be set free and made free from whatever held them bound. And even when he ministered the word, some people found it hard to receive what it is he, he said, and they, he said they turned and followed him no more. And that at that moment, I'm here to tell you, that set me completely free. And what I said from that point, now I will never go out of my way to try to offend someone. But that's why we spend a lot of time just sharing the word with you and giving you all the addresses where we where we get the word from. And so you can go back on your own and study for yourself to make sure that it lines up line upon line of precept upon precept. So we are not only going to declare the word of God, but the, these lips of the uncompromisingly righteous will feed and guide many in Jesus name. Now, our message tonight is on, you know, practical steps, practical points of prayer, part three, practical points of prayer, part three. So this is part three. There's two other parts to this. So you might want to go back and, you know, check on our, you know, we have a QR code up for you. So if you want to scan our QR code to be able to go to our podcast, scan it. You can go back and listen to this message and, and other messages that we've ministered before this. The other two parts, they go on to it because we're going to do some review, but we're not going to be able to do a whole lot of review concerning it in the name of Jesus. Now, here we go. Now, how do we come to this point? Well, about six weeks ago, I was finishing a series and I asked the Lord, what is it that he would have me to minister on? He says, he says, teach my people to pray. 
And I said, okay, he says, so the title of that series is going to be Lord, teach us to pray. And we found that in Luke chapter 11, verse number one, that's Luke chapter 11, verse number one. And that's uh, right now the Passion Translation. And this is what it says. It says, one day as Jesus was praying, one of his disciples came over to him as he finished and said, would you, Lord, teach us a model prayer? that we may, can pray just as John did for his disciples. So how this all started is Jesus' disciples came over here and said, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? Or give us a model of prayer, just like John gave his, his disciples a model of prayer. What is a disciple we found out? A disciple is a student. A disciple is a pupil. A disciple is one who follows the teachings and, and, teachings and instructions of Jesus Christ. In fact, he said in John chapter eight, he said, I believe it's verse 31. He says, if you are, my, he says, if you continue in my word, hold to and apply my teachings to your life. He says, then are you my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth. And that truth from my word will make you free, or you will find freedom through applying the word, hearing the word, and, and, and conforming to the teachings and instruction of the word of God. Now, we also talked about in times past about model. Model's talking about a pattern. Model's not talking about praying the same prayer, which people call the Lord's Prayer, and saying the same prayer over and over and over again. That was a model of prayer. Now, that model means it was a pattern or an example or a form of prayer, but that's not the only prayer that the God expected you to pray. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go. Now, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Why don't people pray? I asked God the question, why don't people pray? And his, his question, his answer to that question was so simple. He says, people don't pray because they don't see the results when they pray. So they believe that prayer doesn't work. He didn't say that prayer doesn't work. He says they don't receive the results they won't just see. So they believe that prayer doesn't work. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to share with you, prayer always works. Prayer always works, but prayer always works when you understand how to pray effectively. Now, the first thing you have to realize is that prayer is not a religious exercise. There's all kind of people, all kind of uh, religions out there who are, quote unquote, praying, but they're not always seeing any results because, you know, a lot of that is just based off on chance. But what we're going to talk about tonight is how you will know that when you come into prayer, you know you're coming into prayer and got, your prayers will be affected. That's what this whole series is about, making sure that you are praying effectively. Now, you got first, the first thing you got to realize is prayer is not a religious exercise. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, prayer is not a religious exercise. Turn to your other neighbor and say, hey, neighbor. Prayer is not a religious exercise. And point, look at yourself. Point to yourself and say, hey, I want to let you know. Prayer is not a religious exercise, but it is actually a petition or a legal request. So when you're coming into prayer, you're coming in to pray according to the kingdom of God. And when you're coming in according to the kingdom of God, which we're going to talk about tonight, then you understand that you're not coming. It's not a religious exercise. It's actually a petition or you're making a legal request to almighty God in Jesus name. Now, the thing about it is, is God wants you to come to prayer 
and confidence. He wants you to have confidence when you come in to pray. Like it's like, you know, when you're going into, you know, when you're going like a, a child is going into to talk to their father and they know that, hey, their father has the resources and ability to be able to supply to them whatever it is that they need. They go into, they don't, little Bobby doesn't come in tippy to to his father and bowing down and crying. Wow. Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. No, Bobby comes to his father because he already knows, hey, this is my father. And because he's my father, I know he already has the, all the resources, all the all the all the provisions needed in order for me to meet my need. So I'm going to come to him. And in Hebrews chapter four, 16 says to come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. It doesn't say to come tippy-toeing Mickey Mouse and, and, and go through all these rituals that does that does not equal having uh, a true a relationship with the Father. In fact, God's one of the things that Jesus told the disciples, if you go back and read Matthew chapter 6, and you read up in like verse 5, 6, 7, and 8, reading down before you get to the, where we're going to get to tonight, it talks about before you even come to prayer, man, come to prayer, be sincere. When you come into prayer, the first thing you want to do, you want to come into prayer and you want to be 100% sincere. You're not trying to be fake. You're not trying to put on no show. You're going to you're going to make your petition known to God because you have a relationship with him and you know you have a covenant right to be able to come before him and make your petition known to him. The other thing it talks about it says when you come to him, make sure you're praying to God the Father, Jehovah God. A lot of people are praying to all kinds of people. Praying to this, they praying to that, they praying to this. That. I, some people try to pray to Jesus. Some tr people try to pray to angels. Some people try to pray to Holy Spirit. But the Bible never says to, for you to do that. What the Bible says, Jesus Himself says, "Hey, from this in John chapter fourteen, it talks about, hey, at one point in time, you used to come and ask me." He says, "But now you go, to, you go to the Father." in my name or you use my name as a power of attorney so every time you go before god you come you say heavenly father and our god which art in heaven holy is your name i come to you now in the name or in the authority of jesus christ it's like having a power of attorney whatever jesus has an right to you have a right to. And that's why it's so important to make sure that you're studying the Bible for yourself. So you know that when you come into prayer, that you receive an answer every single time. The other part of that is, is when he's talking about being confident, he's talking about when you come into prayer, God wants you to come be confident. He wants you to come into prayer in accordance to the first John chapter five and 14, where you have confidence. He says this, he says, this is the confidence that we have before him, before who's the him before God, that if we ask that word ask there means if we desire our call for, if we ask our desire for anything according to his will. That word will is talking about his purpose or his decree. So when I'm coming to prayer, I'm going to be, I have this confidence, but because I'm coming before God, so, and I'm going to make, I'm going to re, make a, a desire and I'm going to call for and anything that I'm, I'm going to ask for according to his will and his purpose, he hears or he gives audience to whatever it is I'm asking. So when you come to God and you're asking according to his will, his will and his purpose, he gives an audience or attention to whatever it is that you have to say. And then it goes on and says, and if, 
And verse 15 says, and if we know or if we know that are, 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 are aware that he hears or has given audience or attention to whatever it is that we have asked of him, we know or we have uh, 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 we are very much aware of the fact that we have or we will have possession of the things which we have asked or made a petition or legal request of him. So when we come to prayer, we know that whatever we ask or desire of him, according to his will and his purpose, he gives an audience that gives attention to whatever it is we say. And we, because we know or we understand that he hears us or he's giving attention to what it is we say, we know that we have whatever we desire or call for or require of him. We know, not thinking, we know that we have whatever we have requested or desired of him. We know we have it. And when you know that, hey, when I go to prayer, I know God's going to hear me because I'm asking according to his will. Because I know I'm asking according to his will, he's going to give attention to whatever it is that I'm saying. Because he's giving attention to whatever it is I'm saying, I know beyond the benefit of the doubt that I receive the petitions or the requests that I desire of him. So when we come to prayer, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to prayer. Prayer is making a legal petition. A petition is a plea. So you're coming to God and you're making a, a plea or petition to him. You're, position, you're petitioning, a uh, making a legal demand made on the government of heaven based on the constitutional laws found in the word of God. See, another place you will find it said is in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Mark chapter 11, verse 24 talks about it this way. He says, therefore, I say unto you, I'm reading out of the New Living, uh, as you were, the Passion Translation. And it says this, this is the reason I urge you. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, this is the reason I urge you to be boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. He says, I'm urging you. He says to boldly believe whatever you ask it for in prayer. He says, be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. According to the New King James Version, it says this. Therefore, I say unto you whatsoever. Did y'all hear that? Whatever you pray, whatsoever you, whatsoever things are things of substance are things which are created that you ask or bid or call for. He says, when you pray or make your request or make your petition, believe that word believe means have faith. He says, whatever, whenever I'm saying to you, whatever you ask, whatever things you ask or petition for or bid for or call for, when you make your petitions or requests, he says, believe, have faith that you receive it or you take it. And he says, and you will have or you shall have whatsoever you say. Whatsoever you say. So it's not a matter that prayer doesn't work, but prayer works when people know how to pray effectively. And the first thing you got to realize is that prayer is not a religious exercise, but prayer is making a legal request. Now, 
when we Jesus, when he started teaching his disciples how to pray, he says, he says this, when he began to talk to his disciples about praying, he says this, he says, pray then in this way or in this manner. He says, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, over the last few weeks, you can go back and you can listen to what we talked about, how you know you're coming to again. What you got to do is remember the first thing you got to understand is when you come in to pray, you're praying to the Father, Jehovah Father, or Yahweh. You're not praying to you're not praying to Mary. You're not praying to the Holy Spirit. You're not praying to Jesus. You're coming to the Father in Jesus' name. There's there's uh, five points that we left you with, and you can hear this in in the previous podcast where it says you must number one you got to ask you must ask. Number two, you must ask according to God's will. Number three, you must ask in the name of Jesus. Number four, you must ask in faith. And number five, you must believe you receive. You must believe you receive. So when you go back and you find out when you started and reading in Matthew chapter six, verse nine, where it says our father, our source, our potter, our Abba Father, our, our, our full supply, who is in heaven, we're, we're the place of heaven. Holy is your name. Pure and perfect is your name. And then this is where we're going to pick up where we left off before. It says the next verse, it says this in verse 10. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth just as it is in heaven. So when we're talking about thy kingdom come, it's talking about father, your kingdom, your domain. What is the kingdom? When we're talking about kingdom, what do we mean? We're talking about a king's sovereign rulership and governing influence over his territory, over his domain, impacted with, with his lifestyle, his intent, and his purpose. So we're saying, Father, your kingdom come, your influence over our territory, impacted it with your lifestyle, your intent, and your purpose. Father, we, you know, we, when we're coming, we're saying we're, we want your kingdom, your influence to come where, where we're talking about in earth, just like it is in heaven. So we're not asking to go to the kingdom. We're praying that the kingdom comes down to us. Too many people said, you know, I remember I was growing up in a Baptist church. We used to sing this song. When we all get to heaven, what a day it's going to be. But ladies and gentlemen, God wants there to be heaven on earth now. He says you can have heaven on earth now. When? When you begin to pray, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. When we're talking about your will, what are we talking about? Your purposes, your original intent, God's original purposes and plans and intents be accomplished in the earth. So we're saying, Father, your kingdom, your influence, your your influence over our over this domain, impacting it with your 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 lifestyle, your will, and your purpose. We want that to come on the earth. We want your will to be done. Your will or your purpose, your original intent to be accomplished. And that original tent was that all things would comply and submit and function as God created it them to perform. And he wanted them to perform on earth, just like it is in heaven. That's why you can say you can have live on heaven on earth right now when you allow God's kingdom, his influence, his lifestyle, his purposes, and his, uh, his intent to come 
in on the earth where it, all things will comply and submit and function just as he has created it. And where do we want this to happen? On the earth. When we're talking about earth, we're talking about the physical planet. We're talking about the natural creation. We're talking about the world, the cosmos. And we're talking about that we want God's influence in, you know, over the governing powers, over the controlling authorities, over the systems of influence. When we're talking about the seven pillars of influence, we're talking about we want your, your kingdom to come, Father, concerning the family influence. To for you want your kingdom influence family systems and edu our educational system and our financial and government and media and entertainment and religion. In other words, we're saying, Father, change. We want the to change the earth by changing the world's systems by letting the kingdom of God system take over the world system. What does that mean? Does that mean you know like a mighty army coming in and just overtaking an area? No, what you're talking about is taking the influence of God's kingdom and in and, and infusing it into the into those seven pillars of influence that will ultimately change the world as we know it. Now, we want the his will to be done on earth just like it is in heaven. So when you begin to pray, Father, your kingdom come, your will, purposes, and intents be done in the earth just like it is in heaven. What's it like in heaven? Heaven, it, it, like heaven, heaven on earth, heaven has a government, it has heaven's glory, heaven's authority, and heaven's system. Now, when you get the, God's kingdom and his influence and his will and his purposes and intents done in the earth like it is in heaven, what will the earth be filled with? It will be filled with the government of heaven. It will be filled with the morals and values of heaven. It will be filled with the culture and lifestyle of heaven. What's what you're gonna? What are you gonna have when when you have God's kingdom in the earth functioning in the earth just like it is in heaven? You will have order. You will have peace. You will have perfection. You will have joy. You will have love. You will have worship, and you will have songs. All those things happen. When God's kingdom come, when God's will, his original intent and purposes and lifestyle is in earth, just like it is in heaven. What do you say? Well, how do you know it will be like that? All you got to do is go back to the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve was. There was no strife. There was no confusion. There was harmony. There was peace. There was joy. There was perfection. Nothing was missing. Nothing was broken. Nothing was out of place. None of those things was going on. It was perfect until they bowed their knee and opened up themselves up to another kingdom. And that's the kingdom of darkness that is in the earth. Now, why is all this important to you when you're talking about prayer? Why do I need to understand that, you know, when I'm coming to prayer? Because when you're coming to prayer, remember, you're talking about it's a king. It's a kingdom. kingdom. It's a king's influence over a, a domain or a territory, impacting it with what he's influencing it with his will, his purposes, and his intent. So when you're coming to God, you're talking about you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, and you're going before the king. And when you're going before the king, just like a like a lawyer goes before a judge, he comes with a petition, and he finds where it says in the law in the law manual where he has a legal right to petition the court in order to ask the court to act 
out on what it is that he's petitioning the courts for. Now, if he does come to the court and he does not have the right, his, his legal standing or the right stanza to be able to petition the court, the judge will send him away and says that you cannot make that petition. You need to go uh, go back and then you can come back to me again when you have it outright. It's the same thing when you come to prayer. When you come to prayer, you want, just like we talked about at the very beginning, you want to find out what, make your petition known according to the will of God. And if you want to understand what the will of God is about a situation, all you have to do is get in the word of God because the word of God is the will of God. Now, why is why am I talking about all this stuff about the kingdom of God? Because the kingdom of God is the only message that Jesus ever shared. The kingdom of God is the only message that Jesus ever prayed and ever preached. He never preached. He never preached salvation. He only preached the kingdom of God. How do you know? Well, according to Mark chapter one, verse 15, Mark chapter one, verse 15, it says this. It says his message was this. He says this, he says, at last the fulfillment of the age has come. He says, it is time for God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. He says, so turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. So what does Jesus tell He said, another way to say, he says, he, when Jesus began to preach, he says, repent, turn back. He says, change your mind, change your direction. He says, because the kingdom of God is at hand. Our God's influence in governing system and impacting it with his will, his intent, and his purpose has come. So he's telling you from the very beginning, he says, I want you to come. He says, I want you to turn back and come back to God because his kingdom is at hand. Now, when we're talking about the kingdom of God, we're not, again, we're not talking about a physical place. The king, when you're talking about kingdom of God, where is the kingdom of God located at right now? If you're born again, I can tell you exactly where it is. Born again means you've actually accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you've actually allowed the Holy Spirit to come in on in you to regenerate or make your spirit brand new. New And what happens? The kingdom of God, where is it at? The kingdom of God, according to Luke chapter 17, verse 20, it says the kingdom of God is this. This is what he says. Some people ask him, the Pharisees ask him, where is the kingdom of God that you keep talking about? He says, now when he was asked, Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come. He answered them, and this is what he said to them. He says, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. He says, nor will they say, see here or see there. He says, for indeed, this is verse 21. He says, for indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. So when you get, when you receive Jesus or make Jesus your supreme in authority or make him Lord of your life, the moment you are born again, your spirit is regenerated and made new, the kingdom of God comes on the inside of you. He, he comes on the inside of you and you also receive the governor, also known as the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit begins to lead you, guide you, teach you, and instruct you on how to live according to the kingdom of God.
See, a lot of people try to, you know, say, I don't want to hear about none of that Holy Spirit stuff. Well, you if, if you don't give room for the Holy Spirit to rule, have uh, a movement in your life or to lead and guide you, guess what's going to happen? You will be a 50-year-old person. You prayed, got born again, the whole nine yards, but your life in the natural will seem like it. nothing ever changed because you never allowed him to begin to lead you and guide you, and he's only going to lead you and guide you according to the word of God. See, there's no way that you can live a successful life as a believer in Jesus Christ and not be have be, have your mind, which is your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions renewed by the word of God, and you're going to need the Holy Spirit to be able to teach you, instruct you, lead you, Bring back to your remembrance whatever the word of God says, and he will also show you those things which are to come. But people are, you know, sometimes people will say, I don't don't talk to me about the Holy Spirit. I don't because I mean, I just being 100. When I first heard about the Holy Spirit, when I grew up in the Baptist church, not against the Baptist, but when I grew up in the Baptist church, my understanding of the Holy Spirit from what I've seen in the church. Man, I was like, I don't want no part of that because I did not understand who he is. See, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a person. And what the, he does, when you understand his purpose, you understand his ministry, and you understand his power, then it changes the whole dynamic of why you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to lead you, to guide you, to teach you, to instruct you, to bring back things to your remembrance and also what he does, he shows you those things which are to come. But he's a gentleman. He won't force you to do anything. Do you know God won't force you to do anything? Nothing. He won't even force anybody to get born again if they don't want to. If they make a decision they don't want him, he won't force him. He ain't going to twist you on me. You go, go in there. Get up. He don't do that. He always does this. He always makes an invitation says, come. Just come. Now, when we're talking here, the kingdom of God, the, the what we've been talking about this whole time, the kingdom of God are God's in governing system, influencing the territory with his lifestyle, his will, and his purpose, all that lives on the inside of you right now. You said, well, if it lives on the inside of me right now, why am I not seeing more manifestation in my life? Well, if you if you continue to read in Matthew chapter six, I'm going to give you three things that when we're talking about praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, just like it is in heaven. How do I operate according to the kingdom of God? Point number one, the first thing you got to do, you got to seek the kingdom of God. What? The first thing you got to do when, when, before you get ready to make a decision, before you get ready to make a make a major decision or you're about to make a plan or you're going to make a change in your life. The first thing you want to do or something happens. The first thing you want to do is you want to seek the kingdom of God. You don't want to call your mama. You don't want to call your prayer partners. You don't want to call your pastor. The first thing you want to do is you want to seek the kingdom of God. What does that mean? And it says here in, in Matthew chapter 6, 33, it says, but seek ye first. He says, seek and aim at and strive at the first of all his kingdom, his influence, his will, his intent, and his purpose. He says, and his righteousness. That word righteousness simply means to live upright or be, remain in right relationship with him. His way of doing and being right. He says, and then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. 
He says, so the first thing you want to do is you want to seek first the kingdom of God. Man, I got this. I got a situation. I just got this this doctor's report. What's the first thing I'm gonna do? I'm gonna seek first the kingdom of God. I just man, they just told me they about to lay people off. Man, and my numbers up. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna seek the kingdom of God. Man, I'm thinking about dating somebody, but I don't know if this is the right one. What, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna seek the kingdom of God. I'm going to go and I'm going to seek God's way of doing things. I'm going to aim at, I'm going to strive after, and I'm going to, I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be, I'm going to not only hit his ways, but I'm going to live upright or his way of being right at all times. I'm going to live upright before him. And this is, and he says, and then all these things will be added unto me. What will you be added unto you? Wisdom and knowledge and instruction and guidance and direction and answers. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, God is always talking. You may not always be listening, but he's always talking. Now, somebody will ask, well, how do you seek the kingdom of God? I'm glad you asked it because that's point number two. How do you seek the kingdom of God? You got to trust in the Lord. You got to trust in the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Well, according to Proverbs chapter three, verse number five, Proverbs chapter three, verse five, it says this is as trust in the Lord completely. And do not rely on your own opinion. In other words, don't get caught up in your own thoughts because we can come up with some stuff. How about y'all? I can come up with some stuff. What about you? You come up, you can reason, you can try to plan and, and you try to do this and you try to do that. And it's not working. It's not working. He says before you do all that, because you're coming to seek first the kingdom of God and being right. He says, this is what you do. He says, first of all, I need you to trust in God completely. He says, and do not lean to your own opinion. That, that means don't lean to Bobby's opinion, uh, or, or Ray Ray's opinion, Aquita's opinion, or, or Sister Pray Rice's opinion. Seek first the kingdom. I'm going to trust in you. And this is what you say after God. God, I trust you completely. I'm not going to even rely on my own opinions or my own reasoning. And it goes on to say, he says, and with all of your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Then we just talk about that. When you have a decision, what you're going to do, I'm going to seek first the kingdom and be and being right before him. And then all these things is going to be added to me. And then I'm going to say to him, Father, I trust in you with all of my heart. I, I, I'm not even going to lean to my own opinion. And I'm going to, with all my heart, I'm going to rely on you to guide me. I'm going to acknowledge you. I'm going to ask you and you will lead me in every decision that I make. Every decision that you make. So what are you going to do first? You're going to seek the kingdom. What are you going to do second? You're going to trust in the Lord. And what are you going to do third? And seek it first, the kingdom, when it comes to prayer. Remember, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done in the earth, in my life, in my situation, in my circumstances, in earth, just like it is in heaven. So the third thing I'm going to do, I'm going to call on the Lord. I'm going to call on the Lord. Why am I going to call on the Lord? Because this is what he said. He says this. He says that if I call to me, God says this. He says, call to me. He says, and I will answer you. And you and, and I will show you great and mighty things. He says, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know. He says, do not 
distinguish and recognize, have knowledge and or understanding. He says, so when you seek first the kingdom of God, when you trust in me with all of your heart and don't lean to your own understanding or your own opinion, when you totally rely on me, he says, I will guide you in, in the, helping you to make your decisions. And what am I requiring you to do? The first thing we said about what prayer is all about, calling or making your petitions known to God. Father, I call to you and your word says that you, you will answer me and you will show me great and mighty things fenced in and hidden, which I do not know of. And when you come to God like that, because you're coming to him boldly, because you understand you have a right relationship with him. And Jesus has has made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of what it is he did for you on the cross. When you operate, when you step out on that and you believe it and you act like it's so, then you will see the manifestation of those things in your life. So when I'm coming, I'm going to pray. I'm going to, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to seek the kingdom. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. In all of my ways, I'm going to acknowledge him. And he's going to direct my path because I'm going to call on him. And he said he will answer me and show me great and mighty things, which I know is not. That's what it means to come to God praying from a kingdom standpoint. I'm petitioning. I'm making a request to the high courts of heaven. And I, because I'm asking according to his will, I know he's heard me because I know he's heard me. I know I've received the things I petitioned him for. That's what it's like to pray according to the kingdom of God. You say, well, how do you know it worked? Well, you already a witness of that. If you're if you already received Jesus as your Lord, as Lord of your life, how do you know that? Well, according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this: it says, The word of God is near you, it's in your heart, it's in your mouth, it's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess that Jesus as Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. He says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with your mouth confession is made unto salvation. So what did you have to do? You had to hear the word. When you heard the word, you believed the word. When you believed the word, you acted out on the word. And when you acted out on the word and you called upon him, guess what he did? He answered you and he gave, he gave you the very things that you desired. And what was that? that you might make Jesus the Lord of your life. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that with me tonight. It's the simplest thing you could do. We just told you exactly how to do it. Same way we're talking about. When you, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to acknowledge him. God, I'm always going to acknowledge you first. I'm going to make you first place. I'm going to acknowledge you first. And this is how we do it. If you never received Jesus before, or maybe you received him, but hey, man, you want to make this your day one, your do-over day, because now you realize the kingdom of God is going to is on the inside of you. How do you do it? It's just as simple. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ, He is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I believe he was put in a grave, but now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I turn from sin and I receive your offer of forgiveness. 
Right now, I believe I'm born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, what just happened? You prayed that prayer. I pray you prayed it from your heart. What happened? When you was not born again, what happened is you, the, the, God made an exchange with you. He took your old sin nature out. And he gave you a new nature, which included the Holy Spirit. So now the kingdom of God is literally on the inside of you. And you have the Holy Spirit who is your guide, who will lead you, guide you, teach you, instruct you in the way that you should go. Now, what are you supposed to do? You got to get in a word based church. This is going to teach you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's going to teach you about the kingdom of God. It will teach you about the love of God. We know that Ignite Depot is such a place. And if you want to join us here each week at 6 p.m. on uh, Atlanta Standard Time uh, on Saturdays, and you want to join us here at 5 Eastern Standard Time each Saturday, man, you can hear, you can uh, watch the stream, the live stream live. Or what you can do, hey, we got our, our QC. Our QR code, thank you, Pastor Juin. Our QR code up so that you can scan that QR code. You can you can check out our podcast that has will have this message and all the other messages that lead led up to the message that you're hearing tonight. Man, we would love to have you because our thing is about this: not only having people to come into the kingdom, but teach them how to operate according to the kingdom. If there's one thing I can tell you, you want to develop in this life as a new believer is a lifestyle of prayer. If you don't have a lifestyle of prayer, you will you will struggle going through things and you don't have to. And God's using us to teach you line upon line how to pray according to the kingdom. So on behalf of Pastor Juwin and the entire Night Nation, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And remember this, if you call upon him, he will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not of. God bless you. We'll see you next week.